It's Friday, January 11th, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. You know the stereotype. Environmentalism, it's kind of a granola thing. The sort of issue that only matters to big city liberals and out-of-touch bureaucrats. People with elitist ideas about government's role in protecting natural resources or regulating industry. But new research shows that stereotype is distinctly at odds with how attitudes about environmental issues actually shake out across the political spectrum, especially when you look at the views of Pennsylvanians who like to spend their time hunting or fishing. And when you look at it, 77% of Republican and 80% of Democrat sportsmen identified themselves as conservationists. Uh, So you can really start to see the partisan divide disappear in sportsmen when you look at their support for conservation in our state. Not only do hunters and anglers want clean air and water, there's strong evidence they bring those values with them into the voting booth. When they're asked about the importance of protecting fish and wildlife habitat, public lands and uh, water quality, 90% of sportsmen said that these were important issues, and 37% of that 90% said those issues were primary factors when deciding whether to support an elected official. Politicians take heed. Your constituents may care about the environment more than you realize. We'll look at a new poll of Pennsylvania outdoorsmen and women on this episode of Pennsylvania Legacies. But first, Governor Tom Wolf says it's time for the Commonwealth to get serious about climate change. Speaking this week in Pittsburgh, Wolf announced an executive order committing Pennsylvania to new statewide greenhouse gas reduction targets. Pursuant to this executive order, the Commonwealth will work to achieve a 26% reduction in greenhouse net greenhouse gas emissions by 2025 and an 80% reduction by the year 2050. With the federal government abdicating its leadership on climate policy, Wolf says it's on cities and states to push for change locally. Here in Pittsburgh, public and private sectors have shown real leadership on this issue. And today, I'm proud to declare the Commonwealth's intention to join these far-sighted leaders to address the most critical environmental threat facing the world. Wolf spoke at a press conference hosted by Environmental Defense Fund and People's Gas, where the natural gas utility announced plans to cut methane emissions from its Pittsburgh distribution system in half this year. Methane, of course, is an even more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide in the short term, and Pennsylvania's natural gas industry emits quite a bit of it. You'll find video of Tuesday's announcement on PEC's spinoff website, Change.com, where we've posted lots of other videos and information about how and why Pennsylvania can bring those emissions to zero and boost the economy at the same time. The website is change.com, but please note that URL contains a typographical pun referencing the chemical symbol for methane, CH4. So when you type that into your browser, be sure to spell out CH4, numeral 4, N-G-E.com, change.com. And stay tuned to the podcast on the PAC website for lots more on state-level climate action in 2019. We're getting set to roll out several state-level policy proposals in the weeks ahead aimed at decarbonizing Pennsylvania's electricity sector. Our website is at PECPA.org. The modern environmental movement, of which Peck is a part, dates back to the 1960s, in the midst of an explosion of activism around a range of political and social issues. And perhaps as a result of that lineage, certain stereotypes persist as to who cares about environmental integrity and why. 
To be blunt, many of the goals and ideals of environmentalism, clean air and water, sustainable land use, responsible stewardship of natural resources, and so on, are still associated in some quarters with faceless bureaucrats, urban elites, tree-hugging granola types, and related caricatures. The fact is, these causes were first taken up more than a century ago by those who were, in fact, among the first to feel the impacts of industrialization on the natural world. The first conservationists were outdoorsmen, hunters and anglers, and their first champion was a Republican president, Teddy Roosevelt. Despite the culture wars of the intervening years, sportsmen and women as a group are still devoted to the cause of conservation, especially here in Pennsylvania. That's not just speculation. There's recent research showing Pennsylvanians who like to spend their leisure time hunting or fishing consistently rate things like water quality and wildlife habitat among their biggest concerns. And they vote accordingly, preferring elected officials who have strong pro-conservation views to those who do not. In fact, support for those positions turns out to be higher among among hunters and anglers than it is among the general public, which is also pretty high, as it turns out. All these facts and many others are contained in a new report from the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. Derek Eberly is its Pennsylvania field rep, and he joins us now to share more of the results. Derek, welcome to Pennsylvania Legacies. Thank you so much, Josh. Really appreciate it. Before we get into the results of your survey, tell me a, a bit more about your organization. What is the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership all about? Sure. Uh, TRCP's mission is to guarantee all Americans quality places to hunt and fish. Uh, we work with 58 organizational partners, uh, such as the National Wildlife Federation, uh, Trout Unlimited, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and others uh, here in the state and on federal policy solutions uh, that help to ensure healthy fish and wildlife habitat, as well as sportsmen's access. They work across the country on uh, issues with uh, water and uh, public lands, agriculture, and marine fisheries. So uh, really just focusing on those issues that really affect sportsmen directly. You recently released this poll. What was the, what was the purpose behind it? Yeah, sure. The poll allowed us to take a look at the views of hunters and anglers on uh, water issues, uh, as well as the views of other outdoor recreation enthusiasts, such as kayakers and boaters, uh, which gave us a great snapshot of the conservation issues that our folks really care about. For us, it's important to learn uh, what sportsmen and women think about different issues. So it's important to know where we need to do more work to educate them uh, about the current opportunities across the uh, conservation landscape. Looking at the results, it looks certainly to me like support for conservation is pretty strong across this state in all of the various regions and, interestingly, across party lines. Why is that? Can you tell me a bit more about what you found there? Yeah, I mean, it's true. Uh, 75% of sportsmen we polled identified as conservationists, and I think that's a really important part of uh, our identity as sportsmen. And you can see that when you look at the history of conservation in Pennsylvania. You know, for example, I mean, you brought up uh, the, the long history that uh, sportsmen have with conservation. You go back to 1866 when the uh, Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission, uh, at the time the Pennsylvania Fish Commission, was created to address water pollution concerns and uh, the dwindling number of shad returning to uh, the Susquehanna River. When you fast forward to today, you can compare the responses of folks who identify as members of either one of the political parties. And when you look at it, 77% of Republican and 80% of Democrat sportsmen identified themselves as conservationists. Uh, so you can really start to see the partisan divide disappear in sportsmen when you look at their support for conservation in our state. Support for conservation also shows up when you uh, ask our folks about choosing elected officials. 
When they're asked about the importance of protecting fish and wildlife habitat, public lands and uh, water quality, 90% of sportsmen said that these were important issues. And 37% of that 90% said those issues were primary factors when deciding whether to support an elected official. So it's great that we can see that that long legacy of uh, conservation uh, and the importance is still alive and well with our sportsmen today in Pennsylvania. Do you think elected officials understand uh, how important this is is for many of their constituents? Do they do they see conservation as uh, you know important to their political careers? Yeah, I I think they do. I think we can do a better job of of getting it out there in front of our elected officials and and uh, speaking up. So th- again, that's one of the things that we really want to work on here uh, as an organization in Pennsylvania. I, I think our uh, elected officials do understand that, but I think we. You know, the onus kind of falls on us to show up and, and be there uh, more often. It's pretty clear from the results of your survey, clean water is important for hunters and anglers and Pennsylvanians generally. It's one thing to say, uh, yeah, I'm for clean water. I don't think you find anybody that's against clean water. But y- you went a little bit further and drilled down on some specific pieces of legislation, specific programs. How do Pennsylvanians' views uh, break down on those more specific initiatives, different efforts to protect water quality? Yeah, like you said, it's obvious, you know, who doesn't support clean water conservation in PA? Hunters and anglers certainly do. You know, when asked whether they felt decision makers should strengthen or relax standards to protect the quality of waters, 51% of our sportsmen said to strengthen, 41% said to maintain those standards, and only 7% said to relax those standards. And if you wanted to look at, you know, some specific efforts, you know, across the state, you have a uh, 84% of our sportsmen support stream buffers and 88% support cleaning up abandoned mine drainage. So, you know, our, our folks are pretty strong and understand the connection between wildlife habitat and their pursuits and clean water. And when it comes to our cleanest and purest waters, talking about, you know, exceptional value streams here in the state or EV streams as sometimes we call them, uh, 92% of sportsmen in the state support Pennsylvania designating and protecting more streams as exceptional value uh, when they meet that criteria. And it's also important to note that that support across party lines is is pretty even, with 88% of Republicans and 95% of Democrats supporting, again, protecting more exceptional value streams in the state when they meet that criteria. Just as a side note, you know, like as a fly angler, those streams are like our hallowed waters. You know, they have great biodiversity, wild fish, and usually pretty wide selection of insects. So that's going to help us with uh, catching more fish and having a, you know, a better time on the water. But also those wetlands surrounding EV waters also help us to build our resilience to flooding, which you know, obviously is something we had quite a bit of this year. One other thing that we've seen has pretty broad popular and bipartisan support in Pennsylvania is the Growing Greener program. I would assume this is also fairly important to sportsmen and women. How did people respond in the poll to that question? Right. Yeah. So Growing Greener uh, is a great example of a program sportsmen uh, really support creating and distributing funds for farmland preservation, state park improvements, abandoned mine reclamation, and watershed restoration. Those are all important issues to our folks because they're habitat and access related, wildlife habitat and access related. So they directly affect our opportunities to hunt and fish here. So for example, you know, here in the southeastern part of the state, we do a lot of hunting and fishing on farms and helping our farmers pay for conservation practices really benefits us all because, you know, we don't want to see these lands be taken out of farming, uh, maybe uh, developed 
If it's turned into a housing development, that's not really something that we're going to have a really strong ability to hunt and fish on. So Growing Greener had uh, drastic cuts, and uh, our poll found that 80% of hunters and anglers, uh, as well as 80% of non-sportsmen, support fully funding the Growing Greener program back to its funding levels, which was about $200 million. And I got to assume for a lot of these folks, the economic impacts of something like Growing Greener are part of the, the sort of the calculation. And I know that's something that you also have studied and something that I hope we can have a conversation about in the future because there's uh, quite a bit to unpack. But if we can look at some specific legislative matters, one in particular that PEC has been supportive of is uh, allowing the Fish and Boat Commission and also the Game Commission to raise licensing fees in order to support what they do. How does that play with hunters and anglers? Does the poll reflect support for that among them? It does. Initially, when we asked folks about a $7 increase for fish and boat, you know, we had about 57% of hunters and 60% of anglers in support. But then after we, you know, informed them about the importance of a fee increase and what that would mean for the fishing boat, we had support jump to 74% among hunters and anglers both. And for those of you who might not be familiar with this, fishing boat has been operating without a license fee increase since 2005. And in those 14 years, the commission has had to make some significant cuts to staff and programs that serve both the angling and the boating public, as well as the conservation community. So, you know, it's something that our folks are definitely supportive of, and it's something that we look forward to working with the Fish and Boat Commission on as we head into 2019. So when you look at the totality of this, the survey results here, what stands out to you? Are there any, any particularly important findings, uh, anything surprising to you? You know, going back to you know what I just said with the uh, fee increase, when you looked at that 57% of hunters, uh, 60% of anglers initially were supportive of an increase, and then after we provided that information, it jumps up to 74%. You know, that's a pretty significant jump, and what, it, what stuck out to us was that you know we can do a better job of educating our folks on what all these funds, including Growing Greener, the other conservation funding that's out there, explaining to them what these funds do, where they're going, and making that connection. When you see the numbers jump up that high from just even one sentence of information, you realize that maybe we need to do a little bit better job educating our folks. Well, and I would guess that among some of those, maybe most of those folks, there are people who might otherwise be somewhat resistant or skeptical of, you know, any sort of increase in, in fees or taxation or, or revenue-based, um, you know, interventions on the state's part, right? That says something about the value they see in this investment, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're spot on and, you know, helping to tell that story of, of the value. And again, you know, going back to something like the uh, economic analysis, we just finished that up. And, you know, as you kind of hinted at before, you know, it'd be great to have a conversation about down the road. But, you know, it, it is quite a return on investment when you're putting it into the conservation and, and wildlife habitat. And it generates quite a bit of money here in the state. And it's something that we don't want to overlook. So you're right. Really being able to place a value on that really helps folks to understand the whole picture of what's going on. I know when you're not working for a TRCP, you have a side business as a fishing guide. Can you talk a, a little bit from that perspective? Why is this work important to you as a, a small business person? Where do those two things connect? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I started guiding, uh, I don't know, shoot, <laughs> now you got me. Uh, I think it was 2013, you know, and that came from just falling in love with fly fishing and wanting to teach more folks uh, how to fly fish. And when you look at how many streams have come back, like I live in Lancaster County, for example, there's streams that used to just be cows were walking through them. They were muddy. There weren't very many uh, trout in them at all. 
And when you look at the progress that we've made over the last 20, you know, actually more than that, but, you know, for me, the last 20 years, and to see wild fish coming into areas that they weren't able to before and habitat being reconnected. And then as a small business owner, being able to take folks out there and show them a good time. And we're only, what, like an hour and a half outside Philadelphia. That's great. It's connecting folks to the outdoors, but also it's a, it's a nice little side business uh, for me. And I know that there's folks throughout the state who actually are making uh, their primary income from guiding on our waterways. So yeah, it's, it definitely means a lot as a small business owner to be able to be a part of this work. What I got to ask as a guide, are there any uh, favorite spots that you can recommend any like best kept secrets that you care to share with our audience? Oh man, see, that's the problem. You have to pay for that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, honestly, you know, as a, as a father, first and foremost, anywhere that I can take my kids bicycling and we can fish from the trail um, is awesome. Out there near Pittsburgh, you have Ohio Pile. We've caught some nice bass out there on the rail trails around Ohio Pile. Um, You know, Pine Creek up in the northern part of the state has an excellent rail trail. And it's also an excellent trout fishery with great hatches. Uh, Lehigh River, um, all of those places are really great. So anywhere I can take my family is my favorite. And then, you know, you have some really great trout streams in central PA as well that uh, folks are probably pretty familiar with. So really, we're blessed with a ridiculous amount of opportunities to fish and and hunt here in Pennsylvania. The survey of Pennsylvania hunters and anglers is out from the uh, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. We will have the link in the show notes for this episode. Derek Eberly is TRCP's field representative for Pennsylvania. Derek, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. It's been excellent. Thank you. And that's all for this episode. Glad to have you with us in the new year for another season of Pennsylvania Legacies. Love to hear your feedback on the show via Twitter at PECPA or Facebook, Pennsylvania Environmental Council's presence there. You can drop us an email to legacies, L-E-G-A-C-I-E-S, at P-E-C-P-A dot org, legacies at PECPA dot org. Check out our website for video, audio, text, and much more, including information on forthcoming legislative and policy proposals making their way through the state government in Harrisburg. You can see what's cooking in the Trails and Outdoor Recreation Program, where we're working all over the state with local partners and others to help build and expand and enhance trail systems to get more Pennsylvanians outdoors, enjoying everything that our Commonwealth has to offer by way of uh, outdoor resources. We believe that that makes people better stewards of the environment, so it's part of our mission for that reason. You can learn about Projects like the Industrial Heartland Trails Coalition, linking a number of trail systems in western Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, and New York. And over on the other end of the state, the Circuit Trails Coalition is doing great work in the Philadelphia area, building trails all over southeastern Pennsylvania, centering on Philly. Information on all of those programs and more, including our watersheds, energy and climate and policy work, all at PECPA.org. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. It's available to stream on the website, also as a download from Apple Podcasts, from SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. I'll have another podcast for you in about two weeks. New episodes go up every other Friday on PECPA.org and all the aforementioned platforms. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.